If you have your Bibles with you uh, this morning, and if you don't, uh, there's uh, probably some in the pew, and there's some in the fellowship hall that you can t- have permanently if you want any of those. Uh, but I want you to turn with me this morning to the book of Genesis, chapter 29. Again, we're going to read this morning in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 29, uh, is where we'll begin reading it. Uh, but I also uh, feel the need this morning that we will get over into the book of uh, Gospel according to John, 21st chapter, uh, and 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We will get to those uh, in just a little bit. But again, uh, this morning, I, I want to begin a reading in the book of Genesis chapter 29, uh, and then maybe just in a little while, I feel the need to get over into John chapter 21 along with 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That'll kind of save a little bit of time flipping around if you can Put your fingers there and bookmark those or uh, whatever you need to do to, to mark those places. We're going to begin reading there. Again, Genesis chapter 29. And then hopefully very soon we will get over to John 21 uh, and also 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I don't want to get into the fullness of the background of Genesis chapter 29. Uh, but Genesis chapter 29 is about a man by the name of Jacob. Uh, that is going to meet up and fall in love with Rachel. Now that's that, that's the need I want to focus on this morning, but uh, my title this morning would be Love Changes Things. Love Changes Things. We're going to read this morning about a man that falls in love with uh, Rachel. Things don't happen the way that he intended for them, but in the end, he's going to end up being with Rachel. But anyway, as we look at this idea and the scenario, I think about Jesus, or I should even go back even further and say God. God intended for Adam and Eve to stay perfect in the Garden of Eden. The thing is, the Adam and Eve that was kicked out of the Garden was not the Adam and Eve that God wanted a relationship with. Nor was it one that God could have a relationship without a sacrifice. Today, folks, I believe that God loves us. And I believe that because of God's love for us, that that changes things. A man by the name of Jacob had just deceived his father. Got the birthright from his the blessings of the birthright being the... He was the youngest of the twins. Stole the birthright of the older. And then he goes to flee for his own safety. He begins to flee... I don't know, a hundred and something miles, I guess it was, to Haran to live with good old Uncle Laban. And that's what we're going to look at this morning for, for just a little while, is that when he goes to Jacob and lives to, when Jacob goes to live with Laban, he meets this lady by the name of Rachel. Now, when he meets Rachel, he falls in love with Rachel. As a matter of fact, he's willing to work for her. And Laban comes to to his nephew, Jacob, and says, Jacob, I don't want you to work for me for free, so let's come up with some kind of an agreement, what you can do. And he says, I can't afford to pay you for your daughter, Rachel, but I'll work for you for seven years if I can have your daughter in marriage. So Laban says, sure, I'll do that. But I want to read to you the 29th chapter In the 20th verse. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. But listen to this. And they seemed unto him but a few days. For the love he had for her. 
Did you notice what he did for seven years? By the way, by, by law, you can only have someone enslaved for seven years. After seven years, that person either by choice liked the master and said, I want to stay with you, or you had to, you had to, to release and to turn and let go. So what's going to happen is, is that Jacob falls in love with Rachel. And for seven years, he begins to work for Laban and he says... I'm going to work for your daughter. And now please focus on that. Now, as a laborer, it says that the time was but a few days. Maybe we could use a modern phrase that we're all familiar with. Time sure goes by fast when you're having fun. How many people can understand what James said? James says your life is but a vapor. It appears for a little while and it vanishes away. Time seems to fly by. Folks, serving God is flying by. For me it is. I don't know about you. But my service for God is swiftly moving by. When Jacob began to serve and he began to go to Laban, he said, Laban, I'll work. And he said, I'm going to work for you for seven years. What does it mean to be seven? Seven. We know that's what God it took to create in six days the heaven and the earth. And on the seventh day that he rested. We know there were seven churches in Asia. We'll talk about those later on. There were seven times that Naaman had to dip in, uh, for his leprosy. The number seven just means complete or to be whole. Folks, I don't believe that God has an incomplete love for mankind. I believe God has a complete love for us. We think that we understand what love is and we have a Valentine's Day and oh, we're all about the, the, the sentimental and the, uh, the, the feelings and we're going to talk about the different kinds of love that exist. But you see, what we're going to have to understand this morning is this, is that love changes things, folks. We're not talking about the love that we have. We're talking about a love that God has. If you think you can love, wait till you get saved. Folks, there's a different kind of love that settles inside of you. Amen. A different kind of love. And Jacob began to work and to labor. And it says through all of this, uh, uh, the, I guess we'd say running for his life and fleeing for that, he goes and he works for seven years. And in Hosea in the 12th chapter, I find this very interesting. Hosea in the 12th chapter and the 12th verse says this, And for a wife he kept sheep. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that one or a person loved this girl so much that he was going to tend the sheep. Because he loved her. Folks, you know who our good shepherd is? You know who the good shepherd is? John chapter 10 talks about Jesus being the good shepherd. Think about that. And I want you to think for just a minute that here Jacob goes and he tends for sheep for seven years. Not easy work. And by the way, this is not a what we would call a, a non-alarm clock time of job. He would rise up early and you see sheep need tending to all the day long. Not just in a, we would call an office setting or an office job. They needed some serious work. And you know what? I believe that Jacob loved Rachel. I believe he loved her so much that he changed his own outlook on how much that it wasn't considered work. It was considered a privilege. Folks, you and I, we come to church this morning. Does it ever seem like time just flies by and all of a sudden that we can say that, man, these seven years seem like but a few days. Time flies by. And we see that Jacob, that he began to tend for sheep, according to Hosea 12 and 12. Then he began to tend the sheep so that he could find this wife that he loved, Rachel. I want to tell you, if I believe that Jacob had a, a motivating factor to labor, it was because of his love 
for Rachel. Folks, today God loves us enough that He's working. Aren't you glad that we're not serving a lazy God? I'm glad we serve a working God. And not a God. You see, I can work hard at some things and I can make a bigger mess by the time it's over with than when it was when I started. Folks, God is not making things worse. God is making things better. God is working in the lives of people in churches and in houses and, and in jobs. God is working. But, but we see here that things are changing, but it's because of the love that God has for us. Here we read in this very verse that it says, And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. Well, for all the love that he had to go through for seven completely years. By the way, Jacob could not just serve a partial and say, Well, I, I've changed my mind. I believe that he knew from the time he made that commitment to the time that that timeline was going to be up. He knew that he was going to do everything that he had and he was going to have Rachel for a wife. He knew that. You see, they, when we're laboring as a church for the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe it's only in due time that Jesus finds and meets up with His bride. I believe that. That's only in due time these things are going to happen. But love changes things. Love changes us. Love changes who we are. Love changes our actions. Love changes lots of things about what you and I experience in this life. And we're going to talk about some of these things in just a minute. But it said, Jacob served seven years for Rachel. What does the love of Christ do for you in your life? What does the love of Christ do for you in your life? Does it change you? Does it motivate you? Does it drive you? We read in the book of 2 Corinthians in the 5th chapter and the 14th verse, it says, The love of Christ constraineth us. In other words, that there's a motivation, there's a reason, there's a drive behind what we do. And it says, The love of Christ constraineth us. Do we truly love the Lord? If you mark your Bible in John chapter 21, let's turn back there for just a minute. We're going to talk about the four kind of loves here in just a minute, but here we're going to talk just a little bit about a filial love and maybe agape love just a, a little bit if we can. But in John chapter 21... When we see that Jacob loved Rachel, that we have to have a love for Christ. But let's look at this account in John chapter 21 and let's skip on down to about the 15th verse. Jesus is going to ask Peter, he said, Peter, do you love me the way that you claim to love me? Now that's something I want you to really think about just a minute. When... Jacob loved Rachel. Did he love her as much as he claimed to? I'll work seven years for you. After about the first hard day, he could have said, mm, you know what, it's not worth it. Jacob loved Rachel, and I believe that he loved her with everything that he said he did. Folks, if the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world, do you believe that God truly means he loves the world? Oh, absolutely do I believe in that. I believe with all within me that if God says He loves, then I believe that He loves. But the question is not, does, God, does Jesus love Peter? The question is, does Peter love Jesus the way that He says He does? Boy, there's a lot of lip service that can transpire in our world. I love you, I love you, I love you. But oh, we're talking about a true agape, which means a sacrificial love. Ch love changes things. That's what agape, we're going to get into this in a minute. But agape love means that whatever I can do to better you, 
Whatever I could do for you, a sacrificial love. But here it says, Jesus is going to ask Peter, Peter, do you love me the way that you say that you love me? So he said, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? Talking about James and John or Andrew, his own brother. Which, by the way, we're going to get into that kind of love too, a family love. But he said, do you love me more than any of these? He said, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Now remember Peter had said that he loved the Lord. Matter of fact, in John 13, chapter 37, verse, he says, I will lay down my life for thy sake. We read again in Matthew 26 and 33, he says, Through all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. Peter was almost boasting that he loved the Lord more than anybody else. I want to ask you a question. Is it possible for you to love God more than God loves you? And I'm going to give you the answer. Absolutely, you cannot love God more than He loves you. But I can tell you this. We can love God with a godly love. We can love Jesus with, a, with, with, with an agape love, a sacrificial love, a love like Jacob had even for Rachel that we're going to see about, that no matter what it took for those seven years, He was going to labor for her. Aren't you glad today that when Jesus come along and He says, Do you love me? In other words, do you do you filio, do you agape me? Which, by the way, agape, when we when we rank these four kinds of loves in just a minute, agape is going to be the highest one. But in agape love, he says, do you agape me, the highest one? He steps down just a little bit more. So Peter says, I filio you. In other words, from agape, he comes down, he says, oh Lord, he says, I love you. He says, you know that I filio you. He says, these are words like friends. He said, you know you're my friend. You know that, that we get along good and I love you and I care about you. He says, do you feel you me? He says, he, so Jesus asked again, do you agape me? So he goes on and says, you know that I love you or filio you. So finally, you know what the Lord does? He says, Peter, do you filio me? And he comes down to Peter's level. And he understood, Peter did real quick, that the love that he thought he had, that there was still yet another step beyond that. Folks, people experience love. But you've not truly experienced love until you've experienced the love of God. That's a love of God that goes beyond all the things. Peter began to, at this point that we're reading in this John chapter 21, and you can begin reading there in about the 15th down to about the uh, 7th verse, he says... Thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, he says, feed my sheep. Notice what happened, he said, I've got the sheep. Here, remember, Jacob was tending the sheep to take care in order to get the hand for Rachel in marriage. He said, Jesus said, if you truly love me and you get to that agape love, he said, then you can take care of what's already mine. He said, then he said, feed my sheep. But he began, he asked Peter three times. He said, lovest Thou, me. Do you know who the subject of love is? Jesus. You know, you might say that was conceited. Jesus said, oh no. He said, you think you've known love about everything else and everywhere else. He said, but do you love me? Folks, it's all about Jesus. And we see here that he begins to ask him over again. He says, lovest thou me? Jesus is trying to teach Peter that there has to be a love for Christ more than love for anything or anybody else. Folks, if you want a relationship with Jesus, you've got to want that more than anything else. 
More than anything else, any, any, any reputation, any job, any status that you can have in a society, you must want that more than anything else. For remember our title is, Love Changes Things. We're born in this world to care about all these needs of our flesh and all the needs of our own life. And there comes a point that it's not about our life anymore. Jesus, it's all about your life. And you know what? Our life is all about Jesus. That's who it's all about. That's who it's all for. And we see that Jesus even said that uh, of the great commandments, and and He tells them there, the first and the great commandment is to love God. And then He says you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. You see today... Sometimes our service gets a little draggy, I guess you would say, because we're not very motivated or we're not uh, striving so much to always uh, to say, Lord, I, I want to work for a little bit more. I'm going to labor for you. Jacob went unto his uncle Laban. He said, Laban, Laban, work with me. He says, I don't want you to work for nothing. He says, I'll tell you what I'll do, Jacob said. He says, I want to work. He said, I'm going to work for your daughter's hand in marriage. And he said, I'm going to work for seven years, but I'm going to go back and read that to you one more time so you can really understand And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. He truly loved her, and he was willing to go through seven years of being able to see that he had a love for her, and he wanted to marry her. So turn on over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 for just a minute. Some pretty popular scripture a lot of times, weddings, and it's a love chapter. 13th chapter and the 13th verse says this. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. There's some, I don't know, over a thousand different contexts, I guess you would say, of what does the word love mean? If I was to tell you there was over a thousand different contexts of what the word love means, you're going to get confused. Well, which one's a real love? Which one's the true love? Which one's a genuine love? We're going to talk about agape a little bit more. I've already kind of prefaced that just a little bit more when Jesus asked him about, do you love me? A sacrificial love more than anything else. But he talks about how that, 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 that the people of Corinth, they could not be a carnal-minded people Trying to proclaim and meet the spiritual needs of a community. I want to say that one more time. The church could not be carnally minded and try to meet the spiritual needs of the people. When we start talking about a carnal or a psychological idea of what love is, we cannot forget about the spiritual love that God has for man. For you see... Until the New Testament time, the word agape did not really exist. It's something that we did not exist until Christ came. Folks, human beings thought they knew what love is, but they did not know what love was until people had given their life for country and for family. But never had man left heaven, came down to this earth, lived and died a death for somebody else. They didn't truly understand what agape love was. For we see here in the 13th chapter, but the greatest of these is love. True agape love is I give of something, not needing anything in return. 
Now, we may barter and trade some things. That's, that's not love. I, I give you this if you give me that because I need the food or I need the money, whatever. There's a need in my life. Folks, may we understand today, Jesus did not come to this earth to make himself more godly. He was already God in the flesh. He was God amongst us. That's what Emmanuel means. He was God with us. A true agape love is you do something without having a need of something to be given in return. And we see here in this uh, very 13th uh, chapter, and, and getting on down about the 13th verse, it says that there about a faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. First of the, the Greek words, by the way, the, the Greek gods use what we get Valentine's from, like Cupid, the god of love. People have all kinds of understanding of what love is. But do they understand God's love? Eros is the first one of those. And Eros is just a, a love that we mean like, I love you because you cleaned up my yard. Or I love you because uh, you, you fixed me supper. You quit fix cleaning my yard and fixing my supper. I'm not going to love you no more. In other words, Eros is, I love you, but it's because of what you've given me. It's a love. of it, It's kind of one directional. There's a lot of people that have that. I sure do love you, may I tell the air conditioner man this past week. Because he fixed her air when it was really, really hot. I loved you, but it's only because you fixed my air for me. You didn't really sacrifice anything. I had to pay you, but you still. That, that's what Eros is. It's a, it, it's a love or a longing that, of what you can get in return. Storge love. It's, it's what we call a, 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 what we would call family love. Brothers and sisters and moms to dads. And there's all kinds of uh, family ties that we have. There's filial love. That's what Peter was saying to Jesus a while ago. He said, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. And you know what? I believe that sometimes in life it is possible for you to be closer to your friends than you are your own family. Now, I'm not saying one's more important than the other. You can be close to your family. You can have a story gay love. You can have uh, what we're calling a filial love. You, you can have a love. But remember in the conversation with Peter that Jesus said, you're talking about filio. He said, I'm talking about something that nobody else has ever known. He said, it's a spiritual love. It's a divine love. It's a heavenly love. Never had heaven dwelt upon this earth until Jesus did, folks. That is when we as human beings begin to experience the love of God. How could this man leave heaven and come down here? I'll tell you why he did. Love changes things. He left heaven and, and he changed his address, if you will, for a little while. He came down here and it wasn't just to, to show himself, but it was to redeem us, to save us, to deliver us. Love changes things. We begin to ask Peter, said, Peter, do you agape me? The book of 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16 says, God is love. God doesn't know about love. God can't tell you all about love. God cannot sing all about love because God is love. You and I today, we have to understand is that we can try to describe God's love or we can experience God's love. You know what's even sad? More sad than anything else I could imagine. People that are trying to describe God's love without experiencing it. Folks, until you experience God's love, you cannot describe it. When I first joined the church and deceived myself, do you know what I did? 
I heard all these people talk about the love that they had and, and, and how God had changed them. And you know what I did? I kind of took bits and pieces of what everybody said. I kind of com- copied and pasted and made my own little testimony. I thought, I'm going to join the church based off what everybody else experienced. You know what I found out after I got joined the church? I was still lost and I still had not had my own experience with Jesus. But I want to tell you something. There was a night, it was a March night. The spring revival was about to come to an end. And folks, I no longer had to tell you what God did for everybody else. I want to tell you what God did for me that night when He saved my soul. I had my own experience with Him. And I assure you that the love of God changed me that night. His God's love changed you and who you are. People want to know, how do I know if I've been saved? and How do I know the Lord's dealing with me, folks? His love is like nothing else. It's a sacrificial love where you give it to Him. Lord, I don't, I don't need anything in return. I'm not doing this for anything in return. I'm doing this because I love you. And a lot of people today misinterpret or misunderstand what it really means to have this agape love. When human beings began to get introduced to agape love, they thought filial love or, or even a, a storge love or, or even eros. You know, they, they thought that this was the greatest thing and then they realized that there was a love greater than anything else they had ever, ever experienced in their life. People today are experiencing all kinds of love but not agape love. And that's why I believe that you're seeing that they are empty in that very thing. I almost this morning wanted the title because my wife asked me to. And you may think, well, what would that have to do with anything? I love my wife. I love my wife more than life itself. I'll even say it's an agape, spiritual, godly love. If my wife ever asked me to do anything that I absolutely despise and throws in that phrase, would you do it because I asked you to? I would drop everything I had and not do it right then and there. Especially if I knew it would benefit her. You see, I believe today that we as God's people, if we truly, truly love Jesus, and even though there's things in our life we do not want to do, and He says, would you do it because I asked you to do it? Would we drop everything we're doing and just saying, here I am? Here I am, Lord. I want to serve you. I want to do something for you. I love you, God. And God, we know that God loves us. If He'll leave heaven and come down here to us, then what could we do for God? I love Him and I thank You for that. I thank You for that deep love, that compassionate love, that that love that makes you say, this is not something I want to do, but if you ask me to do it, I will. Is there anybody here that your flesh says one thing and the Word of God and the Spirit of God says something else? Which one should win out I'm not always want to leave or to go or to do these things. But you know what? If we have a love for others, it's not like, I don't want to go do this. It's like, yes, can I help? I will go. Do I feel like it? No. Do you want to do it? No. But it's because that's a love that drives you. Do you believe that love can drive you to do right? Well, that's not preached very much at weddings anymore, but it should be. Folks, love can drive you to do the right things in life. Love can drive you uh, to, to say the right things in life. Love can drive you uh, to be around the people. We had not even got to the church of Philadelphia yet. Do you know why the Lord loved the church of Philadelphia? I will get ahead of myself. But they were the place called brotherly love. Folks, brotherly love can overcome a lot of things. Love can be strong if we'll let these things do it. Today when I ask about my service for the Lord, I say, Lord, are we doing these things because we love you? Sometimes we want to wait till we're in the right mood to do it. 
What about because the Lord asked us to do it? Do we love him? Jacob loved Rachel. And all of a sudden, he said, don't read it to you again. He loved her. And it says that they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had for her. I believe he loved her. And I believe today that you and I today can experience this agape love. Folks, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is not the only place you can read about love. The entire New Testament is about the love of Jesus. That's what every bit of it's all about. It's about a love that fulfills us and lifts us up and drives us and allows us to be what God would have us to be that we might experience that love. But let's go back to Genesis. I'm going to wind down here in just a minute. Things don't always happen the way we want them, do they? He worked for Rachel for seven years. So Jacob, the 21st verse, said to Laban, I've worked. So give me my wife for the days are fulfilled that I may go unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter. You remember I said that the Adam and Eve that, that was cast out of the garden is not the Adam and Eve that God wanted. He wanted a redeemed Adam and Eve. A new Adam and Eve. That second Adam was going to become more important than the first Adam. But he took Leah. He brought her unto him, talking about unto Jacob. And he went into her and Laban gave unto his daughter Leah, Zilpah, his maid for handmaid. But you can keep reading. He marries Leah. And out of the 12 children that Jacob's going to have, the 12 tribes of Israel, they all begin with Leah. But notice what happens. So Jacob, in the 28th verse, and Jacob did so and fulfilled her week and gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. And then we can see that they, therefore, brought forth two children. You see, what I want you to pay very close attention to this morning is that 20th verse. That Jacob did what he did because of love. But he didn't get what he bargained for or what he asked for in the very beginning. Folks, God, when he created Adam and Eve, he did not want us to fall. And I say to us, we're all a part of Adam. Adam's a part of us, I should say. God did not want us to fall from the state we were in. But we did. But aren't you glad that he didn't say, I've been robbed, I've been cheated? Aren't you glad that he went back to work saying that I want the relationship that I, that I desire? How see, you see this morning, if you're here and you've never been saved, God does not desire for you to stay in the state you're in. He desires for you to come. And why? Because love changes things. Maybe the simple phrase this morning could have been, because I ask you to. If Jesus is speaking to your soul, what other reason do you need to be saved? If the Lord's speaking to your heart saying, I want you to unite with the church and to be a part of the Lord's church, what else do we need besides the voice of God? For the old fleshly body comes in and we come up with all these things. And we could talk an awful lot about old Uncle Laban and, and Leah for all playing a part of this, but at the end of the day, it's about Jacob having a desire in that no matter what that desire was, that love...
pushed him, love encouraged him, and love was able to make him endure to even the point that he could say, but they seemed to him but a few days for the love he had to her. Do you see today, uh, I believe that through all the, because of the love that he had uh, for, for Rachel, I believe he endured a lot of things. I'm sitting on a hush. Let me read you one verse, if I may, in Psalms, uh, in the 37th chapter. Psalms 37 and verse 4 says this, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. You know today, do you find delight in, 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 the, in the things of the Lord? Do you find delight and do you find joy in that? You know, a lot of people, we, we walk around sometimes like we're just downtrodden and heavy laden. But I'm glad today that God is able to lift us up. And God's able today, because of His love, uh, to set our feet on the, on the path that we need to going on. This morning, do you love the Lord? And I'm not asking you uh, to tell me that. I love for you to tell me that. If the Lord gives you the burden to tell, I love the Lord to do that. But more than anything else, keep laboring like Jacob did. And he says, you know, he says, my days, but see, he said, it just seemed like just a, a short time. He said, I was laboring. And all of a sudden, he said, you know what, Laban? He said, my time's up. I paid my debt. He said, I'm ready for this, this wedding to take place. Now, this morning, I pray that if you're here and God's working in your heart, maybe he's trying to give you that true, deep, agape love. You think you know what love's all about, but then he showed him. He says, Peter, he says, there's a love even greater than that. He said, but you got to know me to do that. This morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, I pray that you would uh, before uh, this whole world comes to an end. I, I want us to get a song if we could. I've said what I need to say this morning. Love changes things, folks. Love changes things. It changed me, and it'll change you. It'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change the things that you do in your life. You're going to want to do some things, but God's going to tell you to do something else. As we stand together and sing this song that you've picked out.